Trading Nut, episode 152. I would try to use some exit, which is diametrically opposite of the entry. So if I have entered the trade because of a specific reason, so if there has been a specific trigger that produced the trade, I would exit it when something opposite or something close to opposite is happening. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial, trading, or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Nut Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got Christian Franchi here on the show. Now if that name sounds familiar, or if, even if it doesn't, he is currently second in the Global World Cup Trading Championship and he's running fifth on the Forex. Now I think when we recorded the interview he might have been doing a little bit higher on the uh, Forex but I think he was still holding strong at second place, maybe even first on the Global World Cup Trading Championship. Now, uh, so th- we've got a treat for you guys. So this guy has been doing that for the last year in one instance and six months in another. He's getting over 100% returns and uh, he's got some amazing stuff to share with us today. He's an algo trader, but guys, if you're not algo traders, don't get scared off. This interview is going to be handy uh, from a number of points of view. There's also a, uh, a, a sort of secret, I suppose, that he drops here. He hasn't shared it with anyone. This is what he's done to get himself uh, to the top of these tables in this World Cup championship. So that's coming up in a second. So the other thing, talking about, I suppose, algos, talking about robots, I've actually just released a video in my uh, on my YouTube channel. It's uh, it's about Heikinashi candles. I've built a trading algo that's based on that, a pattern that I've noticed in the Heikinashi candles. So if you want to go and find out how that pattern plays out, have a look at the back tests. Have a look at, learn the strategy, have a look at how you can work with the robot, and even if you want to get your hands on the robot, then it's part of my robot lab, which you will get this month of December 2021 only uh, if you join my robot builders club. So yeah, if you're looking to automate some or all of your trading, that's a great place to go to learn how to do it without using a coder, without doing any code. In fact, I teach you all the skills I've learned over seven plus years of doing this to help you build trading robots as quickly as you can possibly do it, and also with complete and utter flexibility. So guys, that's coming up as well, and hopefully I can get this out before Christmas. The Genius Trader is coming as well, so I'm not going to spoil what that is for you. Stay tuned. And this week, I'm dropping another video with the, uh, the first guy I had on the show who was 15 years old, and uh, he his video's gone crazy. Like He's got over almost... Uh, 1.8 or almost 1.9 million views on that video. I've got him back on to do an update now that he's turned 16. It's Philip Bloom. And uh, 
I record it in the weekend. I've got to say, this is fantastic stuff. Such a simple approach. He's really trimmed down what he's done. You're going to see that. You're going to see him break down, I think, maybe four or five trades of videos for about 20 minutes. It's like a mini trading course, guys. It's absolutely fantastic. You've got to check that out on the YouTube video. I'll put links below this as well so you can get access to it. Now, if you're wondering, hey, Cam looks a bit different. Yes, the tooth is back in. The tooth is back in. So I've now got a full uh, mouth full of teeth, which is great. So if you're watching the video, you can see that. Obviously, if you're listening to the podcast, you'll have to jump over there to YouTube and get, um, get a look at that that new tooth that I've got in there. All right, guys, enough from me. Let's get on with the show. Hey, folks, my sponsors, City Traders Imperium, have just launched some amazing changes to their funded trader program you got to check out. You can now skip the whole evaluation, trade gold as well as Forex, plus they've increased the drawdown you're allowed in both the evaluation and when funded. With CTI, it's even faster and easier to reach up to $4 million in funding with a 50 to 70% profit share. Click the link in the description to find out what else has changed. All right, folks, here we are on Trading Out. We've got Christian Frenchy here on the show, all the way from Italy. Whereabouts in Italy are you based at the moment? Rome, is it? Rome. Rome, that's right. Rome. Yeah, awesome. Now, guys, if this guy looks familiar, even if he doesn't, uh, he is leading the Global Cup of Trading uh, over there on the World Cup Championship of trading site it's six about six almost six months into the uh into the competition and you're currently leading everyone which i couldn't believe uh so it's fantastic to have you on the show well thank you first of all thank you for having me and a nice chatting with you and with uh and thanks for uh, your followers to follow me to to watch the webinar uh yeah i am uh currently top ranked in the global cup world trading championship which is the most prestigious uh trading championship in the world and which used to be won in the past by such champions like larry williams and uh, some other few hedge fund managers and important people who made a his you know were uh, key players in the history of trading uh this competition has always been won by futures traders uh so in case i so should i win it myself you know fingers crossed that would be the first time it happens in history so i would be very happy if that yeah. became true well look i mean it, it, so just to put it into context here guys and this is uh 9th or where well the current rankings are at the 19th of november it's currently the 24th of november 2021 and uh and christian is coming second in the forex trading uh world cup he's coming first in the global cup of trading championships which we just talked about which is both futures and forex uh the returns on the global cups 146% and the and the forex cup is 235 percent so the difference between those is that the global cup started on the first of june the middle of the year yeah. and the uh, world cup of forex started on the first of january so that's why he's got more percentage gain in that in that period of time now um so tell me like to start off with so uh everyone christian is a algorithmic trader and that's um Giving him these, you know, huge more 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 higher returns than what you'd possibly get if you were if you were manually trading. Um, now we're going to start by sort of jumping back 
into uh, your journey in a second. But before I do, I just want to talk about the fact that we had Larry Williams here on the show, who we just mentioned before. Uh, and he was obviously one of the guys who got a ridiculous return in this this competition with, I think it was like a, over a thousand percent or was it, can you yeah. remember what it was? It was like very Oh high. yeah, uh, actually 10,000 percent. That's right. It's the highest return ever achieved in the in any competition. Uh, yeah, 10,000 yeah, percent. Yeah. So what was what really annoyed me was I had him on the show years ago. He gave me an interview mm. and... I completely screwed the whole thing up. I didn't ask him anything about the World Cup. Didn't ask him anything about the fact his daughter's like an Oscar award-winning actress who also won the World Cup. Uh, so yeah. it just completely irks me. Now, um, let's dive back into your journey here and find out how you got started. Was it five or six, seven years ago? Well, uh, yeah, seriously, I would say five, seven years ago. But uh, it all came back to... But my father used to be a general in the Italian Air Force, which allowed me to live and get educated abroad for many years. In particular, while he was working at the United Nations in New York, I had the pleasure and honor to pursue and complete my studies with a bachelor and master's in engineering from the same university whose math department used to be headed by Jim Simmons. Now, who is Jim Simmons? He's the founder of the most successful hedge fund in the financial industry. Since those times, I got hooked. I have, have always been intrigued by advanced statistical concepts and tools and by the idea of utilizing them for detecting and exploiting several hidden edges and inefficiencies of in trading markets. Hey folks, just jumping in here now. This show is sponsored by Mudrex. Mudrex offers you three smart ways to make money from crypto. The first is coin sets, baskets of coins you can invest in based around themes and picked by experts. The second is algos. Choose from hundreds of robots that can trade crypto for you on autopilot. The third way is to create your own algos and tap into over 50,000 Mudrex investors. Click on my special referral link in the description below or the card above and get $25 when you join Mudrex today. Cool. And so, I mean, can you give us some insight into what these statistical, advanced statistical um, things are? Yeah, it sounds like something like very dark and, you know, I, I, uh, that's what everybody is. It's very, it's like my own world. Well, I have spent the past 14 years actually developing hundreds of trading algos based on robust and advanced statistical concepts and tools. As a result, I was able to develop a portfolio which is made up of dozens of the best performing and the highest. But what is important for me is diversification. So Forex is, you know, it seems diversified. It seems in, in, in reality, there is so much correlation over there. And it's very hard to find real uh, differentiation and diversification. So... What I do is on each of my trading accounts, including including the World Championship one, most of the times I have many small positions opened simultaneously, each one of them being based on a particular algo with the highest attention being paid to reducing correlation and to maximizing differentiation. So, well, to getting it more specific, 
as an overview of my trading approach, I would qualify it as multi-market, trade forex, silver, gold, multi-time frame, daily, weekly, and some intraday, but with the prevalence of, of daily time frame. Uh, with regards to entry setups and approaches, they range from mean reverting, to trend following, from cyclical to seasonal behavior, as well as inter as well as intermarket uh, techniques. All of them in one single master portfolio containing trading systems which have stood up and performed the best since they were first conceived. And so, how do you? I mean, it, it all sounds great at the moment where you've finished. You know, you got to the. Well, not the end of your journey, but you've got to a point in your journey where you're obviously um, ranking high in these these challenges. I mean, over the course of that period of time, how did you go from like at the start? What did things look like for you? Were you just completely confused, or did everything make sense? How did you make sense of this world? Well, I even think now nothing, not not all makes sense. So. At the beginning, I was just, it was just a hobby for me. I was just um, studying the markets, um, trying to find edges and inefficiencies, trying to see something which could have some predictive value in the future. At the beginning, the first five years, I would say since 2007 to 2011, I have not even traded uh, it was it was just developing. It was just uh, uh, not um, not something. It was just demo, demos. You know, just uh, research, um, and it was not successful. So when I used to backtest my first, my oldest trading algos, the result was quite uh, disappointing. For sure. So it, it took a lot a lot of time. Um, yeah, it's a lot of time, and and people who want to usually make it quick and you know uh, get you know go for shortcuts. Um, I would uh, advise them to be very patient. Very patient. It took me more than five years to start developing well crafted and balanced algos that could stand a chance to be profitable on the market. And so when you're talking about your backtesting, I mean, what platform were you backtesting on back then? Well, uh, right now I'm using three platforms. Uh, MetaTrader 4, which is uh, which everybody's familiar with. CTrader, which is uh, more recent and not everybody's familiar with. Uh, it's all also used in conjunction with um, CFDs. And but my first one is called MetaStock. I'm, I'm not sure if you have, if you have never heard of it. It's mainly used for stocks, but um, that's the one I. Uh, it was owned by Reuters, and it uh, the main feature of it is uh, the data, the quality of the data uh, you get from uh, using it. Yeah. Okay. So so where do you know where they source their data from? Data is Reuters data. Ah, Refi- okay, now right. it's called Refinity. So yeah. Reuters direct Reuters data, and it's quite uh, the historical, uh, you know, time frame is quite 
uh, is huge. So I can get data from the 70s, 90s, you know, depending on the market. Um, I'm quite happy about their data. Reuters data is the best, I think. And and so uh, how far back will you be back testing? Oh yeah, that's the, that's a very good question. I would say that depends on the market. Uh, if the market is currently behaving so differently from what it used to behave in the past, then I would not look so far behind uh, in time, since it would be pointless. Uh, it would be like trading considering two different different markets, since there be, the behavior has changed so much. Um, I would say for Forex, uh, at least 10 years, since my algos are on, on a daily time frame, most of them, at least 10 years, 15 or even 20 years sometimes. And so in a 10-year in a daily backtest, I mean, how many trades would that take on a, in a year yeah, yeah. on one, one particular strategy? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, um, usually a few, few uh, not many, not many. Uh, I'm looking for edges which are quite rare and not very popular. Uh, edges which not many people have uh, uh, found uh, so far. So most of them, they produce a trade very rarely. Uh, So I must have a lot of them in order for me to have enough trades going on at the same time and be diversified. So I would say on the average, uh, maybe a couple of trades a month on the average. Could be more or less. Uh, The the weekly strategies have less. The daily ones, a couple of trades a month. The intraday ones, they have more than a couple of days of of trades uh, a month, maybe even a dozen. Okay, and and so... um... The idea is like thinking about a daily kind of strategy is that it would work on one pair, get it one or two trades a month, sometimes none, and then you add that across 28 markets or whatever, and then you run that, or do you set it on a bunch of markets and go, well, it's only going to work on these markets? How do you work that out? Okay. Yeah, well, that's the, uh, that's the, the core, very important question. I mean... Um, no, actually, my uh, approach is quite unusual in that way, too, uh, from that point of view, since I do not use the same algo uh, for a lot of markets. I use, I try, I try to study the market, specific market, and uh, I would use an algo on three to four markets uh, on the average not more than six or seven, since a lot of markets have different behavior. So if, for example, I'm looking for a reversal, so I'm looking at to buy on deeps when, you know, when we have a reversal, uh, to look for a reversal. If I'm doing that, for example, on British pound, Japanese yen, which is a a very trend-following breakout-like type of market, I would get poor results. So um, I'm trying to use the same algo on markets which behave similarly. Uh, I would not try to uh, over-optimize it and make it work even when it's not, 
even where it is not supposed to be working. Uh, so on uh, markets, on forex pairs, which usually behave well with a reversal trades, I would use reversal algos. Uh, the ones that uh, are more breakout, that tend to you know behave better when you buy them on the on you know when they are strong, and when you sell them where they, when they are weak. Well, then I would not use reversal. I would use breakout or trend trend following kind of um, algos. <clears throat> okay, cool. And so um, it's interesting. Interesting that that like I had the I've had the guy. I don't know. I have to have a look where he came, but it was Scott Welsh. He's been on the show a couple of times, and I know him. Yeah, he's a friend of ah, mine. He's a friend of yours. Oh, okay, United okay, States. cool. Well, you know Scott. So okay, yeah. so he came second last year at the forex world cup yeah. of a cup championship which yeah. is fantastic so he was on the show here talking about uh how in fact he came on the show a couple of times because he did a he did a, a trading challenge as well uh mm-hmm. and he came on and, and showed us a little video of how one of the ideas behind his strategies which he just sort of reminded me of was that he would like look for he was looking for all the markets that had a trend that were trended mm-hmm. like highly trending markets and then he built something yeah. around that. Now, um, yeah, it sounds like you're sort of he gone. goes for trend following. He, he's specialized in trend following. Yeah, he he would rather uh, trade British pound, Japanese yen the whole time. Mm. He loves that. He's very smart, and he he has a lot of algos, especially in that um, on that kind of uh, uh, market. You know. Yeah. breakout kind of markets and i remember his video that he showed uh that demonstrated on the channel was that he was like well the start of a trend is when you get overbought on an indicator and i think it was rsi he used so he goes so i just buy when we get into overbought and then when we yeah. get out of overbought if it stays there for long enough then i get out so that will give him like these i suspect massive reward trades but what about yeah. um you from a risk to reward point of view i mean how do you manage that yeah, well, it, it really depends on the type of algo I'm using. I'm, you know, I'm considering if I'm uh, developing a mean reverting kind of algo, I would look for a high win rate, very high win rate, and I would be happy with uh, a lower uh, average profit versus average loss. Uh because that's the, the the nature of of those kind of markets of those kind of uh, uh, yeah of pairs. If I'm looking for breakout, I do not want to win so often. As long as the profit factor is is good enough, I, I want to catch as much of the move as possible. So I would rather lose a lot of times. What but when I win, but when I you know I get it right. I would have to, you know, climb and follow the trend, and uh, and, and and so the they would, you know, those few winners would make up for the many losers. And and so when you're getting in these uh, trades that you're trying to make the most of, how do you get out of them? Are you trailing your stops, or what? What are the what are the approaches? Yeah. Um, well, actually, um, I have different approaches. 
um, I would not use a trade, a, a target, uh, a take profit so so often. I would try uh, to avoid that. Um, you know, back testing for many years has shown me that uh, that's not the that tends to over optimize. That tends to be to produce curve fitting more often than not. Um, I would try to use some exit which is diametrically opposite of the entry. So if I have entered the trade because of a specific reason, so if there has been a specific trigger that produced the trade, I would exit it when something opposite or something close to opposite is happening. Opposite to what? Opposite to what has happened at the entrance. So, for example, that's you know it's kind of uh, logical. It, uh, when I, for example, if I'm doing uh, a mean reverting trade where I enter uh, when the price crosses from above the lower Bollinger Band, I would exit it when. Uh, it crosses below the upper Bollinger Band uh, instead of, you know, waiting for a take profit or a target to be reached. Uh, also, I would use time stops. Um, so, for example, if mm, I'm considering a trade, uh, if, if after I enter, the uh, the trade does not produce the, the result in a certain time span, I would just exit it. So, if, for example, after 10 or N days from entrance, I would close the trade, whatever it is doing, uh, no matter if it's uh, you know, winning or, uh, or losing. Um, so it, it all depends on the, on the, on the algo anyway. And do you use hard um, stops if if a trade goes against you? Yeah, I do use stop, but usually my stops are quite are not tight. I have noticed that when stops are too tight, you uh, most of the times you end up missing opportunities, especially for uh, counter trend, you know, reversal, mean reverting, or even pullback kind of trades. When um, you do not give the trade enough oxygen, enough you know, to breathe and 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 you know to move before and maybe to go bad, to go counter trade, to go bad, bad you know, against your trade before it finally reverses. Uh, then I have noticed that, that you end up missing a lot of opportunities. I would uh, have tight stops on um, breakouts sometimes, yeah, because. I'm prepared and I'm willing there to lose a lot of times uh, uh, and to have lots of losers, but few small losers and uh, few big winners. So it depends on the, on the type of uh, approach. And, and do you think sort of one of the factors or major factors of your success is the fact that you are diversified across a number of different kind of strategies, pairs etc yep. and using small sizes so everything sort of 
compensates for everything else. Um, is that one of the things that really makes this thing work? I think there is two or three ingredients. Well, I would say key ingredients, key ingredients. One of them is the one you have just mentioned. Uh, so the fact that uh, I have, I try to be as diversified as possible. I even included some exotic, uh, exotic uh, currencies like uh, South African or Mexican peso or Norwegian crown or which have, uh, you know, terrible spreads, but they give me a lot of diversification. Uh, otherwise, it's just being in favor or against the dollar, and um, it really you, you you feel like you have you are diversified trading, you know, British pound, Swiss franc, and euro against the U.S. dollar, <coughs> but instead, in reality, you are not. So, by including exotic um, currencies and silver and gold, which are uh, you know kind of uh, correlated between each other, I try to diversify as much as, much as possible. Also, I try to include commodity uh, um, currencies, such as Norwegian crown, which is very much correlated with um, uh, oil, crude oil, uh, New Zealand, uh, which is correlated with uh, an Australian dollar and Canadian dollar, which are correlated with uh, dollar, with uh, crude oil and with uh, commodities as well. <clears throat> and so that's one ingredient. Another one uh, could be the fact that I'm looking at very unusual kind of um, inefficiencies and edges. Another ingredient would be that I'm uh, using very advanced statistical concepts, which not many people are using in the retail industry. And um, other than that, um, I would say that... Um, I'm trying to stick on my algos and I try not to deviate from them. So I'm my trading plan. I try to respect it as much, respect it as much as possible. And I'm kind of my I'm, I'm kind of cold-minded, so I'm not very emotional, and that's also another reason that helps. I mean, that's another reason why I'm not uh, deviating from uh, my trading plan when things go bad and. Uh, try not to have, uh, you know, I try not to allow bad trades to affect my future ones. Okay, and so I just want to touch on a couple of things here. So the advanced statistical stuff that you're using, obviously you're probably not going to want to share that with us, but um, is there something you can share that will give our listeners a bit of an insight into where you're <clears throat> using this advanced stats? Is it in the actual charts work or is it in the uh, risk management <clears throat> or something to that effect? <clears throat> well, um, yeah, I will, I will, uh, I will um, get, you know, I have never talked about that since I'm very jealous about it, but for you and uh, you know, this is my first in interview in English, so I'm quite uh, honored and I will make an exception. So I, yeah, uh, let's make an example. <clears throat> and a strategy which is very, uh, which is doing has been doing very well for so many years, is some intermarket ones. I have a lot of intermarket uh, strategies. For example, I could trade the cable 
based on what the U.S. indices have just done in the recent past, taking into account that historically they have had a lot of predictive value in anticipating what the British pound would have done in the short-term future. So I basically look at correlated markets like British pound with, um, you know, uh, in uh, S&P 500 or uh, Norwegian crown uh, with uh, crude oil or Canadian dollar with crude oil or uh, even Australian dollar with gold or crude oil. And I see if there is some predictive value, some predictive uh, potential from uh, given from uh, uh, those correlated markets. So I do not only rely on price, which everybody's looking at, but I do look at other curves, at other uh, historical data, at other prices, or, or not, only, not necessarily, even just indices, or even just Bloomberg or Reuters indices, or even just ATF or stocks sometimes. So whenever these correlated markets are diverging from their usual correlated behavior, I enter a trade on one or both of them, aiming at their spread to converge back to where it was earlier on or to where it usually is. In other words, I place sort of reversal trade on the spread between correlated market when it div- markets when it diverges the spread diverges beyond a certain level from its moving average that works a lot of times a lot of times there is so many correlations not a lot of people look at just correlations between um, currencies well there is there is some interesting edges there but not so many and everybody's looking at them. So it's better to look at correlation between um, commodities and currencies or between um, indices and currencies or between um, stocks sometimes and currencies. For example, I, I'm thinking like lumber. Lumber is has such a predictive, which is very small commodity in the United States traded in the commodities um, futures exchange in the United States has a lot of predictive value on uh, British pound as well as on U.S. indices. Wow. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's, that's, yeah. that's a really insightful. That's and only for you. Brilliant. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Now, um, when you say spread, you're talking about like the, the difference between you know one price and the other, not necessarily the actual spread of the, you know, placing a trade. It's the difference between those two is the spread apart. The difference or the ratio. Yeah, yeah. and, and it's going to come together. The difference or the ratio. Yeah, okay, yeah. gotcha. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Now, uh, and it's actually really insightful in terms of the, the fact that you came up with that particular approach. I mean, and I suppose when you say, you know, I'm looking at this, you're obviously getting the algorithm to look at it and then work out when it's got to a point. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. That's how yeah. it goes. Okay, okay. so um, you also talked about the other factor being these, like you found some rare edges in the market. How how did you find them? I'm guessing at that point you had to go on a chart and look. I mean, how do you find these rare edges? Yeah, well, 
Um, there is not a method. There is not a predefined approach I use. It's actually the creative part of my trading. Um, it comes from looking at the chart. It comes from uh, listening to a webinar. It comes from reading a book. I got plenty of uh, trading ideas from reading Larry Williams' books, plenty of them. And uh, it comes from uh, just reading uh, an article or a blog or just even thinking about uh, something different. Even Sometimes I just look at, I just say to myself, I have to look at something different, at something nobody's thinking about right now. So then I, you know, I come up with some ideas, pat, even simple price patterns, uh, and test them. And if they work, fine, then I pursue and continue my research. If to, in case they do not work, then I just, uh, you know, pass over. I just uh, forget about them and uh, think about my next one, my, my next uh, idea. Now, this is a bit of a weird question, but if given the fact you've read a couple of Larry's books, you've uh, you're obviously doing the, the World Cup challenge that he took and, and won. I've interviewed him, completely screwed that up, but if there was one thing you'd ask him, what would it be if there was a question you, if you had a question to ask Larry, if I ever get him on the show again, which is probably highly unlikely, what what question would you ask him? Actually, I have, I had the pleasure and honor uh, to exchange several emails with him, oh, really? and uh, yeah, uh, I, and I even got some uh, feedback from him on some trading ideas on revert, mean reverting strategies. Um, he's following the championships, as far as I know. Uh, last last time I got a uh, feedback from him, he actually was in Montana fishing with his uh, nephew, and he actually said that he's. Uh, uh, following it, and he's surprised that a forex trader is heading the competition right now. Oh, really? Since uh, that has never happened in the past, and uh, so he he, he congratulated congratulated me, and it was a very big pleasure for me, you know, and, and honor. So yeah, Larry Williams is a real legend, not only because of the innovations and ideas and, and books and, and you know indicators but also for the longevity of his uh career i mean it's amazing he's still trading even if he doesn't need to yeah yeah that's awesome that's 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 i'm so glad i asked that question um now so why did you decide to to go into the world cup and, and take it and why and well, why now well, um, well, there isn't. Uh, well, I have some. It's quite popular in Italy. Uh, I guess not only in Italy, but everywhere in the world. But it's it's it became popular in Italy more recently since it was won by an Italian uh, um, quite popular trader whose name is Andrea Unger. I'm not uh, sure yeah. if you have never heard yeah. of him. I've heard of him. He's, uh, he's been on the show indirectly. <laughs> There's an episode in 52 mm. Traders where he answered all the questions. He actually didn't come on, so I never met him, but he did give me all the questions, and I think my daughter read the questions, and I read the answers. 
So, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, so there's Andrea, yep. Yeah. yeah, he's very popular here. And, uh, well, I wanted to, well, I, I knew I was doing well and I had the potential. So I'm a competitive guy and uh, I'm a cold-minded person, so I am not very emotional. So I, I know that competition is not going to change too much my approach and it's not going to uh, make me screw up just because of the emotional component. So I, I wanted to try and, uh, you know, and I knew I had potential. I knew, I, I knew my algos were testing well and I was, was making money on, you know, on the market. So I, I wanted to, to, really, to really see if, uh, and even potentially get some visibility, you know, that too, uh, from the financial industry. Okay, cool. But and- first of all, I'm doing it. The main reason I'm doing it for myself, just to to get uh, uh, it's you know it's nice for my ego. <laughs> when, when when I get I see my name there, it's nice. So yeah. I I even just for that, that there is no no I mean I'm trading with real money, but it's my money. So it's not like they give you money to trade. No, it's my money. So uh, even if I lose all of it well i'm not going to because i'm very careful about risk management but even if i do not win uh i'm i'm okay i mean i have seen my name first ranked uh, for so many days actually 90 percent of the time for the first six months so even if now i screw up i will still be happy and i will my ego will have been uh, fed uh for many days Awesome. Now, um, one thing I've sort of seen is quite common, and I'm not too sure if you know the answer to this, but it seems like a lot of algo traders do this competition. So there's yourself, Scott Welsh, Andre Aranga. I know I've seen a, you know Kevin Davy, Tim Ray, other guys. These Tim other Ray, guys yeah. have been on the show. From New They're Zealand. All, yeah, yeah, he's from New Zealand. Um, so these guys are all algo traders. They've all done the World Cup cha- uh, challenge championship. Is there? Do you think that most of the people here doing it are algo traders, or do you know of anyone that's not? Yeah, I know of some people who are not algo traders. Some of them are news traders. Some others are macro fundamental kind of traders. Uh, some others are just discretionary technical analysis. But I have to say that uh, maybe at least fifty percent are algo traders. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Eh? And and uh, I mean, do you have any advice for anyone that was going to take on this championship? Oh, uh, you, you mean that uh, regarding the championship or in tr- about trading in general? Well, if they were, if they were saying, well, I think I'm going to have a have a go at the World Cup. Have you got any advice around anyone specifically yeah. on going for it? Yeah. Yeah, well, the first and foremost advice, piece of advice I would give them is remember that it lasts 12 months. So do not trade like if, you know, do not t- take too much risk. Uh, you will not even reach the sixth month. Uh, it's very competitive. Its emotional component could come into in place. Um, 
I would advise them to uh, not aim at uh, winning it. Aim at surviving it. Uh, 90% of participants, even though most of them are experienced traders, some of them are, fav- are popular hedge fund man- managers uh, and, 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 uh, or traders or educators, a lot of them just do not make it until the end. So I would advise them to be, you know, um, to not risk too much to uh, aim at uh, reaching until the end. And then sometimes, you know, some of, sometimes there is so few uh, uh, players who are left <laughs> by the in, in the last couple of months that you can win it even with just a hundred percent or eighty uh, percent. A lot of people uh, risk too much, or they try to to be uh, the next Larry Williams. No, there is only one Larry Williams. There will never be another one. He has done what nobody else has done. So, and do not try to imitate him because uh, you will end up burning the account beforehand. Cool. Awesome. Great advice there. Absolutely superb. Now, um, obviously, you know, trading with the algos is not much in the way of sitting at a chart or there's nothing in the way of sitting at a chart, really, and, and looking at the reading the market and trying to control your emotions there. But I suspect there is some sort of mindset kind of thing at play when you're developing them and coming up with like, you know, seeing back tests and working out, is this the one that I'm going to take forward? How do you get, uh, or how do you sort of cope with like, you know, mindset kind of issues, or are you built differently? Well, uh, yeah. Well, as I said before, I'm not. I'm personally a rather cold-minded person, not very emotional. Uh, however, uh, I would say that financial markets will ultimately always end up doing what they have to. And a good mindset principle for me would certainly be to uh, try as much as possible to accept losses. As soon as they come, do not wait for them to affect your next three, four, five trades. So just let them affect the trade that you have just lost and forget about that for the next ones. I know I'm aware though that in real life such a piece of advice is quite hard to implement and to put into practice. But the main um, mindset advice I would give is to try to get rid of the past when it's bad as soon as possible, since you will have uh, more trades uh, in, a few, in the subsequent, in the following days, and if your mindset is affected, you will you risk you know to um your trade is likely to be affected as well and then you will uh, allow the the loss to have an impact on future trades as well and so i'm just going to divert here slightly i mean if, if there was somebody trying to get into this business uh what steps would you recommend they take to have like the cleanest path in and avoid a lot of the the trials and tribulations that you had to go through. Yeah. Well, since we mentioned Larry Williams, I would certainly recommend uh, all of his books, but in particular one of them, which is called um, Short 
term, uh, well, no, long-term secrets for short-term trading. Mm. It's full of, it, it contains plenty of uh, interesting approaches set up and uh, it's good even for uh, beginners or almost beginners. So I would advise that or... Uh, and what sort of things yeah. has it got in that book? Sorry? What what sort of things are in the book that are quite useful? Uh, there is a lot of, like the concept of volatility breakout, uh, open range breakout, uh, seasonals, uh, bias, like some uh, markets behave differently on different days of the week or the month, or uh, a lot of different concepts. Uh, in terms of uh, what really matters in trading. Cool. Right, well, we're going to wrap up the show here, guys, uh, with a bit of a quick fire round. We'll ask, ask you some of the questions here. How long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Well, uh, a long time, as I said before, very quickly, you know, very, to sum it up, it took me more than five years to start developing well-crafted and balanced algos that could stand a chance to be profitable on the market. Do you have a favorite strategy and have you given it a name and what's the name? Well, yeah, intermarket, intermarket analysis. I would uh, advise people to get deeper into that intermarket. For sure, that has a lot of of potential and I would advise anybody to study intermarket. Go look at intermarket, search for that on Google intermarket trading. and uh, Like trading, for example, cable based on the U.S. indices. So if you have a spike in the U.S. indices, uh, S&P 500, uh, then uh, if it's a big spike in the next uh, days, you, can, you have a good chance to, have, to see the British pound spike too to you know to, to to you could go along for example and have a good chance to get a winning trade awesome um what's your preferred broker and trading platform well i have a couple of, i use a couple of brokers uh people can see them in the verified track records of my world championship account which is available of uh, on my page on my fx book where they can find me by searching for Christian FR. That's Christian, like my first name, followed by F and R. Other than that, I would personally not make any specific recommendation in terms of broker. But in terms of platform, I, 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 as I said, I use uh, Metastock, MetaTrader 4, and CTrader. Cool. And are you placing trades on all those platforms as well? Yeah, in the championship, it's all MetaTrader. Okay, cool. MetaTrader 4. Hey, folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. Brilliant. Look, uh, and could you leave our listeners with one piece of advice? 
well, my advice would be to always remember that most traders do lose money on the market. That has always been the case. And I would swear that that will continue to be the case. So it's always better to have low expectations in order to have better chances to exceed them. Cool. Awesome. Awesome advice. Now, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the guys to get hold of you? Well, as I said before, they can find me on my my FX book. I'm not sure. Is that popular in New Zealand, my FX book? Yep. Or yep. You, People will know that. You have that. People will definitely right. know that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, my FX book, and they could search for a Christian, Christian FR, so Christian, like my first name, F. Uh, are but I, I think you will post it on the in the description of the video. Yeah. Uh, from there, they will they will be able to monitor the track record of all the trades that I take on my World Championship account. So that's updated on a daily basis basis at least. So they will see what kind of trading I do. Uh, alternatively, they could just find me on Facebook. By clicking on the link they should find in the description of this video, or by just looking for uh, searching for a Christian Frenchy, you know, like the, make sure you you um, do not uh, screw up with the spelling. Yeah, I'll, what I'll do is I'll put a link. I'll probably put the widget on the on the page and a link to that MyFix book account, guys. So if you do want to find that, there'll be a link under the video or the podcast whatever you're watching here uh, or listening to and um, you can go and find it very easily i'll make sure they can get access to that so look a big thank you to christian for sharing with us today everything we discussed here along with all those links are in the show notes to find them simply search for christian and that's c-r-i-s-t-i-a-n in the search box on tradingnut.com until next time I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, guys, so there we have it. Interview done and dusted with Christian there. Now, uh, although he didn't do a video for us, we have got that Philip Bloom video up on the YouTube channel this week, so you've got to check this out. This is a very, very good video to simplify down trading pretty much anything uh, and how he gets in and out at amazingly tight stops. But uh, he's not taking mega risk or to reward trades now. So he's being more conservative in that space. So guys, that's well worth checking out. Please go and check it out on the YouTube channel. Uh, also check out my uh, Robot Lab build, the latest build that I've done using the Heikinashi candlesticks and the pattern that I noticed happening in these candlestick patterns uh, or across the Heikinashi chart more like time and time again so i automated it built something that we've got now testing up and running in the robot lab so you can actually check out the results of how it's performing uh, over there on tradingnut.com click on robots head over to the robot builders club and on that page you'll see the uh full-on fx blue test report that you can go in and, and analyze and have a look at how things are going there so that's all over there on trading Nut. now if you do want to automate any of your trading then yeah my robot uh, builders club is still open at the moment so if you do want to come on board for that learn how to automate some or all of your trading strategy or any strategy or idea you can just come up with then it's a fantastic place to do that without learning any coding so it eliminates a whole bunch of that stuff that a lot of you guys out there would struggle with if you jumped into the code uh also we've got genius trader coming as well so stay tuned for that <laughs> hopefully comes before christmas uh, but yeah guys thanks for listening and i'll see you in the next video